1: 2014 edition of Don't Let It Go Unheard, where we discuss news, politics, and sometimes culture from the perspective of Ayn Rand's philosophy. Ayn Rand's philosophy, Objectivism, is the philosophy that uniquely upholds the right to the pursuit of your own happiness. I'm your host, Amy Peekoff, and joining me here in the studio just now, putting on the headphones, is cartoonist Bosch Faustin. Hello, Bosch. Hello. He's not in a very good mood.
2: Bad mood and a bad start too, on top of that.
1: Because late. Well we're a minute late. We were one minute behind. Yes we were. Welcome everyone. I've got the chat room over here at Blog Talk Radio going. I see John Roberts, Freedom Breeze. Hello, welcome. Selfishness, Trevor. Too many nice glitches. to see you.
2: There's mm-hmm. just too too many too many glitches.
1: There was one glitch.
2: Well, last week, there's another one. The week before that, there's, there's a little something going on here. Blog talk, I don't get it.
1: But it, this wasn't blog talk's fault. Okay. This was not blog talk's okay, fault. Okay, this one time. <laughs> it was fine. Anyway, today, I guess you're going to join the spinning or something. But yeah. But the, uh, the founders are spinning in their graves. That's what I was thinking about earlier today. And at first, I was thinking, well, the the founders had to stop spinning in their graves because... They were so dizzy from all the horrible news this week, but I settled on the title. Our founders can't spin in their graves fast enough. And if you go over to my blog at DontLetItGo.com, you will see all the stories that we plan to discuss this evening. Uh, Before we get into that, I did want to remind anyone who doesn't happen to be on social media and isn't seeing this already to go and check out Bosch Faustin's Christmas sale. He's got a sale. Why don't you tell everybody? About it?
2: Well, it's uh, it's my two uh, print books, the two books that I have out there in, in print form. Table for One, my graphic novel, nominated for an Eisner Award, and a Russ Manning Most Promised Newcomer Award. It takes place in a restaurant. I call it uh, Dirty Harry as a waiter. It all takes place in one night. It's 80 pages. Uh, it's black and white. And then also Propaganda, which is uh, basically it was a way for me to get out there while I was working on the story of the infidel as I was preparing it for years and years. And uh, it has it's a first print appearance of Pigman uh, Prop Propaganda pig uh, Drawing the Line Against Jihad. That's the name of the book. And it has also a number of essays. Um, and it's just something that I think if you if you like my work, if you've seen some of it, to, that you might like to have in uh, physical form. you know besides my digital comics.
1: So basically, you're offering those two books. For 33% off the cover yeah.
2: price. Yeah, the cover price together is thirty dollars, and it's I'm selling it for twenty.
1: And then in addition, they're going to get something that you haven't been doing for a while yeah. at your blog, which is what?
2: It's a Pigman uh, sketch cards. It's basically index cards where I'd make a, a Pigman drawing, an original Pigman drawing, with pencil, ink, um, brush. You know, using a brush, and it's something. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. You know, people can sometimes use it. I don't know if you could use it as a bookmark actually, because I'll. It'll smear all the pages. You know, it'll probably dirty them. It'll probably make the
1: does it smear though? Oh, because of the I, pencil. Yeah, the pencil. pencil. I, 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 put, I
2: put the shading in there. I make it. Right. Like, it looks like almost like the table for one style. It's, it's black and white with gray shade. But uh, people seem to um, like it. I I enjoy making them. You know, anytime I, I get a chance to draw Pigman, it's fun.
1: And because of the mysterious project, the project which the is project. due to start sometime in January, this will probably be the last time that you're offering it for at least a couple years, right? A long time, years, yeah, right? because
2: yeah. Uh, it takes takes a little time. I mean, these are original drawings of Pigman. I try to make each one unique, and uh, yeah, I just do it often, but I haven't done it in a while. just brought it back for this sale. So if if you like that, if you'd like to see my my books in print. And um, a pig sketch card. Check it out. Definitely. It's at it's a top of my blog.
1: And I've also got the link over at don'tletitgo.com under the program notes for today's show. So um, part of the bad mood reason is all this horrible, disgusting news sure, this week. No doubt about it. Yeah.
2: You know, you, you have, I mean, you know that the, you know, that the GOP sucks. You, 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 know, you know that. But when you hear that some tea party has gotten, you thought they could have some more impact. And they really don't. They don't have any.
1: Well, and in fact, what I did, I, I don't always put a graphic at the top of the show, but I used your GOP where the O has yeah. the Obama symbol. You know,
2: you know we, uh, they talk about the um, Reagan Democrats. The, the Reagan Democrats, by the way, did not come out for Romney. They, they stayed home. Right. They were the, uh, the last vestige of the rational Democrats, and they stayed home. They said, this guy sucks. And on top of that, then now you have the Republican, um, the Obama Republicans, right. which is the leadership of the GOP. And one thing about the GOP, you know, I, I used to really rail against uh, McConnell and Boehner. They were chosen to be leaders right? again and again. That damns the GOP, damns them to hell. And they're a dead party. Uh, there's no more opposition party. We have one party right now. right? And that's why the Tea Party is crucial. That's mm-hmm. why it has to become an actual party
1: this is part of what we are going to talk about today and I jumped the
2: gun again sorry i
1: know that's that's completely fine because this is really why we are here i mean i was you know talking earlier today about the abdication of the gop absolutely and if you combine the abdication of the gop with the usurpation by the <laughs> national labor relations board and all sorts of other administrative agencies within our federal government you have a recipe for destruction in the last two years, even though we're putting a GOP majority into the Senate. I'm not sure how much good it's going to do no. us, given what we've seen.
2: No, none, and you know they're they're out to marginalize, if not flat out destroy, the Tea Partiers. I mean, the Tea Party want to destroy, but what I'm talking about is the effective ones like 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 Ted Cruz, the only one that really matters. The rest might be some. Good things about them, but Ted yeah, the Ted Cruz. Yeah, one thing
1: I do want to talk about. Everyone's been, you know, uh, applauding Trey Gowdy this Absolutely week. Absolutely not. And to me, it's it's a whole bunch of smoke and we mirrors.
2: Ma- we mentioned recently, and even Mark Levin got on board. And you know what? I'll copy Mark Mark Levin here. I said it before him. He, he always likes to say that. Well, I said, it, I, said it, I said it. I said Well, I said it before you, Mark. Because the fact is, Trey Gowdy comes out there always has a good yarn to sell. Right. Uh, you know about what he did. He doesn't do anything. The Benghazi report. What is it? Where is it?
1: What has it done? What
2: has it done? Nothing. Hasn't told the truth Uh, about impeaching Obama. Well, Biden will be president then. That's a line that me and you say, not what the guy in power says. And then when he's asked also about shutting down the government, oh, that's not a mature thing to do. That's not a really good thing to do. So this guy is just absolute talk. Absolute talk.
1: Right. And,
2: you know, he sounds great when he's out there. It's like, oh, wow, he's really giving it to to a grouper. So what? So what? Right. Gruber got out there scot free. He was dragged into Congress, got out there scot free, unscathed. That's that's un- unacceptable.
1: Right, and and when you talk about and if, again, if you go to my blog at go dot com, on the uh, comments for today's show, Craig, a listener, Craig posted a whole lot about Gruber, including right. the incredible amount that Gruber has been paid by the last three president. Yeah, absolutely right. By the last three presidents, including a number of videos from the questioning of Gruber. He says, in total, from the Clinton years, Bush years, and through the Obama years to date, the records available show that Gruber was paid 2216000 in taxpayer money. That is your and my money from the federal government. Clinton $516,000. Bush not surprisingly, the most money, 1248000 and Obama, a paltry $452,600. When I was looking on um, Drudge Report, and I saw the picture of Romney as if it's some sort of a spiritual awakening or whatever, and, and he's maybe going to run in 2016. Romneycare. And then I think on the right column I saw something about how well, Jeb Bush is leading, leaning, yes, like he's going to run. We're supposed to be excited about these guys. These are the guys. This is the type of Republican, the Romney Republican, the Bush-type Republican that just gave us this Cromnibus huge yep. bill. Um, we know that Romney – Romney also paid Gruber, yes, right?
2: Yes, he did. And, yes, he worked for Romneycare, yes, Gruber. For Romneycare. He, was the, he was one of the quote-unquote architects of Romneycare as well.
1: So – if you want more of the same and worse, then just elect one of those guys. Again, the only one on the horizon that I have any hope for doing anything different is Ted Cruz. Period. And people, Period. E- even supposedly on our own side, are, are yes, eager are. to smear him. They are. Even uh, so, so, I wrote before
2: I said, uh, besides Ted Cruz, you know, the only other poli- you know, the only other presidential candidates that, that uh, excite me are da da da, and I put a white blank. Nobody else excites me. And then someone comes in and says, how about uh, Walker and Jindal? Walker and Jindal don't excite me at all. Uh, Walker is probably one of the uh, the better ones, of of the establishment ones. Right. But still, he has some flaws. And Ted Cruz has some flaws. But he has far less flaws than any of them. And he has charisma. And and he's a principled leader as well. And he does what he says he's going to do. Unlike 99.9% of politicians out there. By the way, John Roberts has a son here listening in.
1: Oh, very cool. Hello. Nice to have you. Welcome to have you here at the show. It's just great. Always nice to have new listeners. You know, I was going to say about um, different candidates and different politicians that we're supposed to be excited about out there. I was happy to see Justin Amash pull out of the new, um, what do you call it, the Intelligence Authorization Act of 2015, the bit about endorsing warrantless right. surveillance of citizens and that he was right. making a big stink about it and he forced a voice vote on that piece of legislation. And I thought, okay, well, he's one of the good guys. Then the very next day, he comes out with a whole post about how horrible it is that we tortured yeah. jihadists. I mean, again, so
2: jihadists they, are not human beings. They've crossed the line Anything you do to them, if you can get any value from them, rip out some information and then put them down like dogs. That's what you do to them. This idea that we have to have any sympathy for them, for their humanity. They have butchered human beings. This is their life. One thing also, I think uh, someone mentioned the fact that Ted Cruz got on board with Dianne Feinstein, they wrote on my Facebook thing. And I think he got that from Michael Savage. Michael Savage will lie. I've listened to Michael Savage for over the years. He will lie, flat out lie about certain things. I
1: haven't seen a single thing that Ted Cruz has said about Nothing, that. Nothing. I looked
2: and looked. Right. I searched. Um, so Savage is saying that. And also, uh, Savage, because Ted Cruz is not completely as anti-immigration as Michael Savage's. Ted Cruz sold out. Mm. So that's, that's, that's who said that he got in bed with uh, Diane Feinstein.
0: Right, right.
2: Which is just not true. I mean, Cruz has been also a voice of reason when it comes to foreign policy. I don't think he would say something. Now, technically, he might say something along the lines of maybe, well, we could have done that a little differently. But uh, being opposed
1: well, to and get you, information? Well, you dug up that one, one story from where? Where was the story where they had a headline that talked about Ted Cruz? Um,
2: Salai.com. Salania. Salai.
1: <laughs> they
2: lie like crazy. And also, it had almost nothing about Ted Cruz in the story. Almost nothing, right? But
1: Ted Cruz's name Ted was, Cruz's was pic- in the
2: headline. And picture.
0: And, and picture. picture. Oh.
2: And in the title, yeah. Because like, there, there's this thing also with Ted Cruz. The way you smear him is by telling lies about him. So the left will say that they will come out and out, uh, outright lie about him in order to get people to say, hmm, you know what? He's not that good. People who would otherwise otherwise vote for him. Let's just say if he makes it as far as getting a nomination, let's just say they will lie so hard for, for weeks until the election. The night before, they'll say he did something. He murdered someone. They will say things like that. This is what they do. And right now there's no there's no more inhibitions now. You know, back in the day with Reagan they may have smeared him a little bit, but they didn't flat out, you know, completely out, out outright lie. They will lie about anyone and anything in order to basically smear them today. There's no more balance.
1: Well that's because and now Greenfield has picked yeah. up the theme. We're in post truth America yeah. as Dan, it
2: were. Daniel Greenfield wrote that yeah. uh Today, I believe. Which he great got point.
1: it from us last week when we were asking about when can we, how can we make truth matter. There was
2: also another thing. Does the truth matter to the feminist left? There was another piece right. just written this week in National Review. I'm not saying they heard our show, but this is the theme. It, 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 we live in such, I mean, nothing is real. Nothing is true. And people get away with it, and they shouldn't be able to get away with it. And this is, the kind of, this is what happens with that kind of world, though. Look at the insanity of the world around us. I mean, you seem like you're drowning in it, no matter what, you know, you believe about about any hope for the future. Or in in reason, you say, well, I just, you feel like it's really, really overwhelming at times.
1: Definitely. I know, I feel it. Well, and, and this is kind of the feeling that I got when I was looking over the news that we had. And like I said, the founders would be spinning their graves. And actually, one listener had posted. I th- actually, I think it, was it um, Dave Buchner. I can't remember on Facebook who said that once the founders, as they're spinning in their graves, when they hit 72 hmm. RPM, hmm. we can use them as hard drives. <laughs> and I'm, if they're ever going to get close to 72 RPM, I'm thinking we're getting really close to that time now. Because but look, I mean, look at the stuff that we've no, got to No, time. you think
2: about the nature of the founders, and then you think about John Boehner. And Mitch McConnell and Barack Obama. I mean, this is just
0: mm-hmm.
2: from great men to anti-men. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know what they are.
1: So let's get to the first story. And the first story was the Intelligence Authorization Act of 2015. Basically, they're funding our intelligence agencies, and you know, all kinds of provisions are in this bill, and. Over at the freethoughtproject.com they just sort of reprint a number of things that Amash pointed out out there. And the headline is, Breaking Congress Passes Bill Giving Police Unlimited Access to Citizens' Private Communications. And what happened is they realized, Amash realized, that the Republican leadership was really pushing to the floor, rushing to the House floor, a authorization act. And there was almost no debate going to happen to this. They also added Section 309 to it with virtually no debate. So what they did is he, he had his staff look at it, and his staff discovered, and this is a quote from Amash, one of the most... Sorry, can we call him
2: Amash from the Why? Because he's mushy Uh, about the terrorists.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, One of the most egregious sections of law I've encountered during my time as a representative, he says it grants the executive branch virtually unlimited access to the communications of every American. And when he found this Section 309, he went ahead and wrote a letter to all of his colleagues in Congress asking them to vote no. And here's what he wrote to them. He says, uh, quote, The Intelligence Reauthorization Bill, which the House will vote on today, contains a troubling new provision that for the first time statutorily authorizes spying on U.S. citizens without legal process. Last night, he says, the Senate bill passed an amended version of the Intelligence Reauthorization Bill with a new Section 309, one the House has never considered. Section 309 authorizes, quote, the acquisition, retention, and dissemination, end quote, of non-public communications, including those to and from U.S. persons. The section contemplates that those private communications of Americans obtained without a court order may be transferred to domestic law enforcement for criminal investigations. To be clear, he says, this is Amash, Section 309 provides the first statutory authority for the acquisition, retention, and dissemination of U.S. persons' private communications obtained without legal process, such as a court order or subpoena. And he says, the administration currently may conduct such surveillance under a claim of executive authority, such as, he says, Executive Order 12333. That's the name of the, or the number of the executive order. He says, however, Congress has never approved of using executive authority in that way to capture and use Americans' private telephone records, electronic communications, or cloud data. And he says, supporter of Section 309 claimed that the provision actually reigns in the executive branch's power to retain Americans' private communications. And he says, it is true that Section 309 includes exceedingly weak limits on the retention. He says, with many exceptions, the provision requires the executive to dispose of Americans' communication within five years of acquiring them. So listen that. We're supposed to be consoled by the fact that, yes, they can get our private communications without any kind of legal process. They can only hang on to them for five years. Hmm. Five years is very convenient. It's longer than a presidential term. It says, although as HPSCI admits, which I'm not sure. It must be the committee. Yeah. Um, a committee on intelligence, I assume. It says, the executive branch already follows procedures along these lines anyway. In exchange for the data retention requirements that the executive already follows, Section 309 provides a novel statutory basis for the executive branch's capture and use of Americans' private communications. So you get the picture, right? Before this piece of legislation which was passed in Congress, only 100 congressmen voted no. And we know who those 100 are, thanks to Amash, who insisted on a voice vote. What they've done is they've now put into statute a power for the executive branch that previously was done only pursuant to executive order and therefore was on a lot shakier ground. So they're giving a firmer foothold to this power that the executive branch has been uh, exercising and leave it to the Democratic Senate to shove a provision like that in at the very last minute and then for the Republican leadership in the House to try to hush-hush, you know, push it under the rug and bring it to the floor quickly without any debate or discussion. So whatever we want to say about Amash, and we will criticize him because I have already seen something that disappointed me about him since this time, but kudos to him at least for pointing this out. And what I want to point out again And I I do have over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, I have a link to the article that I wrote before, which is called Don't Tread on My Metadata. That was over at PJ Media. That is a short version of a law review article that I've done. We need to get rid of the doctrine that allows Congress to even legislate on stuff like this. None of this information should be available to the government Without legal process, without a search warrant based on probable cause, particularized suspicion, or the equivalent, right? Something like that. We need probable cause. We need particularized suspicion before the government gets their grubby hands on our personal data. And what we have right now is we have everything is subject to statute because of the third-party doctrine. We have some stuff going on over here yeah, in the... Yeah, so in
2: blog talk. Trevor, Stewart... There's some uh, real problems here. It, it wasn't just
1: oh, some audio our... problem here.
2: Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh, people sorry, have everyone.
1: audio ads that are playing out loud.
2: It's uh, plus uh, they're 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 repeating what she said a few minutes later. Yeah.
1: That is really terrible. Yeah, it is
2: terrible. I'm sorry. Everyone. I don't know what to say here.
1: I'm not. I'm not sure why it's doing that. If you have missed anything, go over to Justin Amash's page on Facebook where he also reprints the letter that. And, of course, I've got the link over at my blog at don'tletitgo.com. Anything that you've missed there. But really what this shows is that now more than ever, we need to get rid of the third-party doctrine. Are we still having audio issues? Hmm? No, Robert. Robert NYC is having the same problem? Okay. But Freedom Breeze is not having the issue? I don't know. I don't know if it's... There is one difference that I've noticed this week on my end. There's this weird flash chat in... It's the a, no, studio. It's embedded,
2: the chat room is embedded yes, in the it, studio. it's embedded
1: in the studio. Which and is new. That is new. So there might Maybe be, cut that off? Well, I can't cut that off as far as I know. Okay. It, it, it automatically comes up there, and then I choose to have the separate window chat as well. Okay, so John Stewart is saying that it's not him. Okay, let's just keep him. going. Yeah, let's, let's keep going. I'm then.
0: sorry, I won't. Sorry
1: about that. There's... You know, every time that I'm watching some sort of audio video thing online, there are people who have issues. And and the thing that is true, sometimes there's issues on the delivery end, and sometimes there's issues on the receiving end, and sometimes the issues on the receiving end are unique to particular users or group of users. So that's just, unfortunately, that's how it goes. But really, so so the the point that I want to make here with, with Amash is he's pointing out the necessity to get rid of the third-party doctrine that leaves all of this to Congress in the first place. Again, the third-party doctrine is a judicial doctrine, a Supreme Court doctrine that says once you share information with a third party, it is no longer subject to Fourth Amendment protection. Now, I'm being very careful in the way I'm stating it right now because There is a legal scholar by the name of Oren Kerr who has just published something over at the Volokh conspiracy blog that's now part of Washington Post by the way. Uh, He just published it I believe this week and he is questioning the basis on which the third party doctrine is removing this information that you share with a third party from legal protection. So the idea is that um, it's not that it's you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy in that information. Instead, he says that there is no expectation of privacy once you share it with a third party, and I reject that completely. The and we can go into some reasons why um, that ha- they're technical that have to do with my solution to the third party doctrine. But let me just suffice it to say here that the idea that because you share information with one person or a company or whatever for a limited purpose means that automatically you lose entirely your expectation of privacy with respect to the government and lose all Fourth Amendment protection, I think is hogwash. And particularly today, I would think that the founders, if they saw Our highly technological lifestyle that requires living our lives through third parties and thought that therefore we would lose all of the fourth amendment protection that they built into the Bill of Rights they would be mortified Again, spinning in their grades so um, regardless of how you say that the third you know sharing information with a third party removes fourth amendment protection it is wrong 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 and I will be publishing a, a quick answer to Orrin Kerr on that. So, you may even go check that out from Amash. Bravo to Amash for that. Boo to Amash for pointing out issues about torture later. But, One well. thing about, about the torture
2: and the, and the response from politicians, mm-hmm. when they say it's against our values, um, non-torture is not part of our values. Uh, if you want to run for a senator, for congressman, for president... You have to protect us, and you have to do whatever the hell is necessary to protect us. If it requires you setting up situations where tell our soldiers, look, you got to get some information from these guys, you know what to do. you got to do what you have to do. That's it. We're not going to limit you because the most important thing are the lives of Americans, not the well-being of these butchers. And this you know, hand-wringing by Republicans, even, it's really making me sick. Yeah. It's just, you know. Well,
1: I mean, here's one issue. John
2: McCain is, from POW to POS is out there saying the same crap.
1: One issue is that we signed on to a Geneva Convention that we never should have signed on to. I mean, uh, I mean you, the, the thing that Al-Qaeda says,
2: signed to the Geneva Convention, right? They, yeah, they signed right. that as well? Yeah. This is,
1: this is the thing that says it but most. terrorist. There there's a There's a meme being passed around Facebook, and you see one of the jumpers from the World Trade yeah. Center falling. Yeah. And it says something like, "This is why I don't give a you know what sure. about what we do to people who, for example, fly plotted, planes, yeah. or,
2: the, or fly planes and buildings or those who support them or yeah,
1: yes, right. Th- those who plotted to have an attack like that take place on Americans. Um, I'm not so now, so so you know, here's the thing: if we can do something to guys who are butchers like that, right? Um, and we can get actual information out of it. That sounds good. Sure. Uh, I, I'm certainly not in favor of Gratuitous torture where sure. there's no point. No um, this, Absolutely not. It, this it's, it's a waste dem- of time and also the kind of person who dem- would do that exactly it demonstrates a, a lack of humanity, person. right? Right, but if you, you have, got them for info if you have somebody that you know Is an animal has reduced himself to the animal level and you could get information out of him if those two things are true I would say go for it. Now, then they have all these studies. Well, do you really get useful information anyway? Yes, you do. John Yu Yu was on O'Reilly, and O'Reilly actually let him speak, which was nice. And he talked about the fact that when the report concluded that they didn't get any useful information with respect to, for example, catching bin Laden, that it was a total lie because while the name of uh, bin Laden's, courier or whoever it was that they used to get him, right? The name of that person was in the intelligence files. You said that that name was in the files along with hundreds of other names of Al-Qaeda operatives, and they wouldn't have known which person to go after to get to bin Laden, but for what they got from Khalif Sheikh Mohammed. It's a
2: lie. Uh, Diane Frankenstein, as Mark Levin calls her, lied her ass off and said, we gain nothing from this that's an absolute lie and she should've been torn to shreds when she said that by some reporter by someone decent said that's a lie ma'am
1: but as that one congresswoman said it doesn't really matter what actually happened it's really what <laughs> should happen <laughs> so right. people like Diane Feinstein couldn't imagine that we ever might get useful information from she has to count that torturing murderers. Because
2: then, she has, right? then you know, because if that's true, then she has no argument. So therefore, that's not true. I'll say it's not true. And therefore, I have an argument now. But also this idea, is like this. They think, Diane Feinstein thinks she's too good to be part of a government and a system which would, quote, unquote, torture people. It's not, we're, not, we're not torturing people. We're torturing headchoppers, torturing those who butcher children. And women, unarmed individuals, guys who fly planes into buildings, who do the most horrific things imaginable. And now, what's going to happen? I mean, imagine the kind of laugh these guys are having. We are here bemoaning torture of them. There was a woman, one of the bereaved of 9-11 on CNN, saying, you know what's torture? You know, speaking to my husband right before he dies in the Twin Towers. right? That's torture yes. to me. Yes. Torture is telling my children what happened to, to, to their father. That is torture. Basically, to hell with these guys. Kill them, gut them for information, or that's it. There's no other value to them. And again, yeah, if it's gratuitous, the, 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 those people doing it are sick. Then, yeah, they got a problem. You don't just do that for the hell of it. You There's always a reason to gut these scum.
1: This is This is war... This is not a place for rules and niceties and for niceties
2: that the politicians wouldn't engage in. Politicians wouldn't wouldn't tell the truth. You know, forget about defending us. They, they you know, it's like, well, I wouldn't do that. Well, you wouldn't tell the truth out there. You wouldn't do a lot of things, politicians. These guys are here to protect us. They're supposed to be here to protect us. Diane franken Feinstein is here to protect us, and, she, and she's not. You
1: know, again, I think there's so many of these politicians who lack any moral righteousness of self-defense Absolutely. in war. Because they lack self-esteem, because they but also lack one thing they ethics.
2: lack No, they definitely do. But in their mind, they think they're too good to sign off on this. You know, I'm too good for that. To think that I can sign off on this horrific thing that they're doing. I'm. I, I'm. Too, no, no. It's like I've all said. They're not good enough to actually sign off on it. They're not good enough to say. You know what? You do whatever the hell you, you gotta do. You U.S. soldiers right. protect us. Protect Americans. That's what's important. Not my sensibilities, not my, uh, ooh, I, I can't, I can't, no, no. We need to be protected. And if that's what it takes, it's like this. You know, you tell these guys, uh, spill your guts or we'll do it for you. That's what you do with these guys. Right. It's, it's, it's either or at that point.
1: So next wonderful, wonderful story that will get the founders spinning in their graves has to do with this Cromnibus, as they're calling it. It was supposed to just be a continuing resolution, but it turns out it's going to be a whole omnibus spending bill that will fund most operations of the federal government through next September. Who won
2: uh, the election? uh, Who won?
1: Apparently the Democrats. Okay. Apparently the Democrats.
2: Obama won. Well, I mean... No matter who wins, Obama
1: wins.
2: But, you know, it's like, uh, technically speaking... John Boehner is the Democrat. McConnell is a Democrat. A Democrat Party are communists. That's I really mean, what it is. They become Democrats. The Republicans have become Democrats. Democrats have become communists.
1: Yeah, that's about where we are. Uh, the headline earlier today was Senate leaders press for quick passage of spending bill. And in fact, I think Reid had hoped that they were going to pass it by this evening. But instead, it says that Senate is seen putting off vote on spending bill into next week. They opt not to speed the debate over the 1.1 trillion dollar measure amid objections on details. Now, I thought it was 1.01 trillion, but I guess now it's been maybe there's been inflation since the time they first wrote it or something. 1.1 trillion. You know, it says the Senate was expected to push until Monday <laughs> yeah, its vote on the $1.1 spending bill.
2: Again, they do this like there's no tomorrow. And they really they, – you have to act the way they're acting if you believe there is no tomorrow. <laughs> no, but you have to believe that. It's like, well, there is no tomorrow, really.
1: Well, according, according to now, some of the economic data, there may not be a tomorrow, and we'll talk about that in a bit. You know, as a matter of fact, there is a hot debate going on over on my Facebook page right now. And I posed a question earlier because I saw a Wall Street Journal story, uh, in which the Wall Street Journal was talking about the stock market diving, mm-hmm. alongside oil prices were decreasing. And, and, I, was thinking, and, I, and I was thinking, okay, so um, first, <laughs> first, of, first of all, really they're, they're just story. they're just saying, okay, there's there's you know the stock market's crashing, and oil prices are decreasing. And if I if we just say that those two things are both happening at the same time, maybe everybody will assume that there's a causal relationship, even though we didn't say that there was. Right. But, so then I was thinking, okay, well, if we're getting cheaper oil, why is that bad for the <laughs> stock market? It just seems weird because yeah. you think, okay, if a, a you know key commodity, something that gives us energy, again, you know, go to Alex Epstein's book, you know, the the moral uh, argument for fossil fuels. I mean, fossil fuels are good. Oil is good. It fuels all production. It fuels our enjoyment of life. It fuels our ability to stay warm in the bitter, cold Southern California winter that we're having there. I, I'm actually turning heat on in the house, you know. Um, it's cheaper. All of the fuels that we have are cheaper when the oil price goes down. So shouldn't that make us glad? But there's all sorts of weird perversities that are going on due to governments and government manipulations of the financial markets somehow being keyed into assumptions about these oil prices. The other thing that's going on is OPEC, a bunch of horrible, disgusting people. I think it's Saudi Arabia itself, actually. Saudi Arabia Is trying to mess over all the people who are investing in energy production oil production now uh, by dumping oil on the market to destabilize the price and in fact I think they're going to try to get it down to at least $60 a barrel or something like that and so the idea is that they're trying to, to mess with everybody Put them out of business. And then once they're all out of business and there's no competition anymore, then they want to come back in and, and you know restrict their production again. And maybe the market is anticipating that. So between Saudi Arabia who shouldn't have the control over the market that it is, right? You know, it's a government on the one hand manipulating the government of Saudi Arabia manipulating the oil supply. On the other hand, we've got governments manipulating the supply of money. And as Keith Weiner has been posting over there, manipulating the interest rate, making money practically free to borrow, and destroying the well-being of, of so many people who live off of interest, right? So all of this is going on, and maybe that's why the market is crashing. So maybe there is some connection between the lower oil price, and but but it seems perverse, right? In in any healthy normal market, you'd say. Hmm, a crucial commodity that helps our lives get better is cheaper. Yeah. Isn't this good for everybody involved? And shouldn't the markets behave accordingly? But no, I guess that's not. So, have, if you want to join to about that. that debate, go on over. But in any event, here. So this this was all a big whole long diversion about the idea that do these politicians think there's no tomorrow and think that they have to get this spending bill passed now? And obviously, I guess they think they do, but they put it off a little bit till next week. And and here's the thing. So, again, we've got a $1.1 trillion spending bill. And I saw a statistic earlier today, which was that the Boehner-Obama compromises on spending, the two of them together, buddy buddy over the golf course oh, yeah. figuring out how much of our money they're gonna spend. They have racked up, I think it was three point eight trillion dollars yes. of debt. Yeah. So of the over eighteen trillion that we now have, three point eight trillion, we can just paste a picture of Boehner and Obama laughing it up together right by yeah. that three point eight trillion of it. Yeah. Because it's due to those two bastards, can I say yeah. bastards?
2: Yeah, rat bastards. Scum.
1: So, so here here's this 1.1 $1. $1 trillion. O'Bainer. And you know you'd think okay well here's this Senate majority they're going to come in they're going to save us from some of the horribleness of Obama. All of that has been undercut right now. Why? Because Obama's continued level of spending is pretty much untouched until next September. And the, one of the things I, I would think the thing that really makes me the most mad here is that there is an exception to this, right? Everything is funded until next September, except for one thing. Yeah. And is it not the Department of Homeland Security under which they've put the uh, Immigration Authority now? I believe so, yeah. I believe that's the one.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, here it is. So they will um, do
2: something just to appease those on the right.
1: Some, some of the Yeah, Ho- Homeland Security Department, listen to this. So the one exception is Department of Homeland Security. And here is the relevant passage from the Wall Street Journal article. It says, To address GOP immigration concerns, the bill would fund most of the government through the rest of the fiscal year.
2: Just a record. All the
1: way to next September.
2: Those who ran on repealing Obamacare are funding Uh Obamacare. Just Mm -hmm. for record, they're funding Obamacare. They're funding Obamacare
1: right now. Um, and, and, And this, I'll finish the sentence, and then I'll tell you my point. So it says, Uh, to address their concerns, they're going to fund most of the government through the rest of the fiscal year, but funding for the Homeland Security Department would be extended only through February. That gives Republicans a chance to try to target Mr. Obama's immigration plan next year when they control both chambers. The GOP-controlled House narrowly approved the spending bill on a 219-206 vote late Thursday, end quote. Okay. Stupid, idiot GOP people. Um... Let's see, February. Hmm, by February, so many of these people will have taken advantage of the amnesty in ways that it's irrevocable, and it will be heartless and cruel to do anything to the people who are already being ushered in under Obama's executive amnesty, if that's what you want to call it. So good luck trying to do anything in February anyway. Second of all, your number one priority, Republicans. You've got to get off this immigration thing, right? Because immigration is not the priority. The priority is chipping away in some significant way against the regulatory welfare state that is attracting the wrong kind of immigrants. Yeah. I'll repeat that. So immigration no. is not the problem. Well the problem is the regulatory welfare state that attracts the wrong kind of immigrants. That is job one. You're not going to stop these immigrants from coming here, not so long as there's anything left here in the United States for people to think they've got an American dream to come to or a welfare state to mooch off of. But what you want to do is you want to chip away at that state. So here's the GOP doing their wheeling and dealings. And as a matter of fact, I didn't put this story as a link on, on my "Don't Let It Go" uh, blog, but, but yes, <laughs> Bosch Bosch sent me a story. There was there was some Boehner ally or whoever who said who yes, yes, it was literally in the back room with cigars uh,
2: it that was they a negotiated filled
1: back cigar, room.
2: Yes, cigar, where they cigar smoke filled yes. back room. It was literally
1: yes.
2: cigar smoke filled back room. You know the a cartoon. That we that we draw.
1: So here they are. They're wheeling and dealing, right?
2: Sitting back there, legs up, feet on the table, smoking cigars, drinking, yapping away because they're absolute soulless mates. All these guys, Boehner and Democrats, all these guys.
1: You know, I mean, here here's the here's the thing. I mean, to to just even imagine these people discussing these matters that importantly forget. I mean, you know, affect our lives.
2: They think they're masters of Overs, the universe. Over cigars and yeah. drinks. Yeah, they think they're masters of the universe. And and part of it is probably, okay, how do we get away with not letting our stupid voters figure? You know, I mean, no, like, no. We, it's, we need it's a pretense no. It's yeah.
3: Gruber talk. Yes. It's total Absolutely Gruber talk. No, but we
2: need a pretense here. we got to pretend something, guys. We can't complete, because we are one now. I mean, there's no more two parties. We are one party now. Right. You know what one party leads to, right, historically? Dictatorship. Yes. Yeah. That's why the Tea Party exists. That's why it has to be a, a viable party.
1: I mean, here's, you know, if you could do this one, this is the cartoon I would love. I always have a wish list for <laughs> cartoons, but here's my cartoon. And I
2: sometimes do them. So, sometimes the show goes and we forget, but go on. No,
1: I know. So, so the cartoon is you've got all these guys around the table smoking cigars, and they're talking about the cromnibus. Yeah. And the line is this because this is exactly what they're deciding, okay? Boehner and Obama and whoever else. They're sitting there and they're thinking, which way should we point the government gun yeah, for the next right. 10 months or so? Yes. Yes. Which way are we going to point the government gun yep. for the next? The, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's the, what this is about.
2: That's the issue. Absolutely right.
1: That is what this is about.
2: Absolutely right. That's how, the issue. How
1: much are we going to point it at the American people? So so here, here's the thing. So, so they're sitting there and they're talking and they're debating and they're saying, hmm, well, you know, let's Let's throw these GOP base a bone. I mean, you know, Ted Cruz, that Ted Cruz guy, eh, we don't like him very much, but you know, he he's, he's he's got the most some, hated
2: man in Washington.
1: He he's got some power. And and here I'm going to criticize Ted Cruz. I'm sorry about this. I still think Ted Cruz has the most promise of anyone but Washington, but I am not pleased. With the amount of energy and effort that Ted yeah. Cruz has spent on the immigration issue, because I think it leads to crap like this, right? Because what do we have there? We have the one concession. The one concession to the GOP doesn't yeah. have to do with Obamacare. Right. It doesn't have to do with Obamacare. Right. It has to do with F immigration. Yep. and immigration. And I, the I, current. Again, I don't, yeah. I don't, immigration. That's the current
2: overreach of Obama Immi- so take care of that.
1: Immigration right now is a problem for two reasons. The welfare state. And the fact that we have a terrorist a, a jihadist problem that hasn't been taken care of that's why immigration is a problem right now. otherwise everybody who wants to come here and work should be able to do it so we screenings
2: can, and what we, yes. can, we
1: can disagree and I can say I'm not for completely open immigration right now because of the other context issues but, also but, have these but, screens, but, but, but the idea that the GOP They've got some clout you know in, in, in the cromnibus negotiations. They've got this some clout. This is the
2: current big overreach of Obama. Right. And also, they're but in in essence, they're saying they're resigned to Ob- Obamacare now. Like, well, you know, what well, are you going to no, do? No, no, Of
1: course, but I'm ju- I'm just saying, it is obscene yeah. that whatever political advantage the GOP brought to the table, they spent it on immigration. Yep. Why yep. not have the Department of Health and Human Services be the one that's funded only until February. You see what I mean? right. And I'm I'm thinking this particular complaint about the Cromnibus bill, the fact that it is, you know, this Homeland Security Department that's extended to February, and that's the only one, you're going to hear this only from me. Why? Because all of these other talk radio hosts they're anti immigration and
2: more no doubt about it
1: immigration is not the the worry, and you know the the idea of a regulatory welfare state, that term regulatory welfare state, I am happily stealing that term from Gate because that is really the problem. We need a major major chip away at that. Regulatory welfare state because it is that that is attracting the wrong kind of immigrants to the country So the fundamental issue is to get rid of Obamacare get rid of Obamacare and Ted Cruz to the extent that your Emphasis on the immigration problem has made this be the compromise Made it so that the only department yeah. that is extended in its funding to only February
0: to throw a, a instead bone. Of
1: Department of Health and Human Services I say that is the worst mistake that you could have ever made. So if that's true, which is what I'm sensing, it's it's terrible. So also, this,
2: also you're presuming though that he has a lot of influence in the party.
1: Well, whoever it is that's you know, railing on the anti immigration well, and he's been right there. Well, keep
2: in mind, the Bain or Neal guys will have to pretend that this is they're throwing a, a bone to their constituents, guys. I mean yeah. we we didn't sell out completely. You still got this one little thing that you're pissed about at this moment, because that's what they're thinking. What are you most bugged about at this moment? This okay?
1: I know, I know. That's But, but that's, that's the majority I know, I of the know. posts on Cruz's but, Facebook page. Yeah, but what
2: I'm saying is Cruz has been a, a, the the base, the the master of going after Obamacare. So yeah. I wouldn't just dismiss like, well, no. because it is no,
1: no, no. But for,
2: for look, he's in, imperfect. But what I'm saying is in recent he's been. Weeks,
1: that's what he's been pushing. Well, th-
2: that was the issue. Obama just crossed a line that he didn't cross before. This is the issue now. So it's fine for him to discuss it as long as he gets back to the full picture, which I think it will, especially when he runs.
1: We do have a call. I'm going to go ahead and grab it. Let's see who this is. Hi, who's this?
0: Hello, I'm on air.
1: You are on. Who is this, please?
0: Oh, this is um, Onyx.
1: I didn't hear your name. Can you repeat it?
0: I'm sorry, my name is Onyx. It's the first time Onyx. We're calling. Onyx. Oh,
1: okay. Great. Welcome to the show. What nice. can we what, what can we do for you?
0: Um I just have a question like when you see um the, the immigration, right? The wrong type of immigrants. Are are you mean like like I can imagine that you wouldn't want the immigrants who come in here to take advantage of the financial aspect of America. Um no, you mean like well, the wait, right ones.
1: Let's, let's 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 clarify. So what do you mean by the financial aspect of America?
0: Well, well, okay. What I mean is, well, the first thing I think about when people worry about immigration, there won't be enough jobs for people who were here already. Yeah, no, and, I, I uh, don't. I
1: don't know. I don't. I don't worry about that at all. I mean, Okay, if people, that's the first thing. question yeah. I get. No, no. If if and and that's what you get on most conservative talk radio, right? That they are concerned about the the competition for jobs. Now, it is true that there is more competition for jobs now than there should be. Due to a bad economy, and I, I blame government for those issues. But if people want to come here and work, I don't have a problem with that. What I'm concerned about are people who want to come here and simply live off welfare.
0: Oh, okay, okay,
1: right. So, I, kind of financial, but it is, it is financial. That's why I had to ask you, right? Because if oh. people want to if people want to come here and work. And save and become entrepreneurs and make money. I'm all for that. Come here, you know, live the American dream, succeed. That's what we're supposed to be about. I mean, we are a nation of immigrants, as they say, and I think that's what we should be working on. So I don't, I don't like when the Republicans spend all of their political capital trying to fight immigration. When I think we should be fighting Obamacare, and then after that, we should fight another big, you know, regulatory takeover of the state, et cetera, et cetera. So it, unless we start chipping away at that, we're going to be in a in in a big problem. And I, I don't I don't really think you can stop people from coming here anyway. People who really want to come here for a better life, I mean, you saw Ilion Gonzalez and his family. They were trying to come over here from Cuba at the risk of death. You know, in these little tiny boats over rough waters, they want to come. You know. Um, I, any anything that the Republicans are going to do is not going to stop the the biggest difference is to try to discourage any people who just want to come here and be on welfare.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. Because I was I was, I, was, I was kind of confused, but I was just, I was assuming you went to you meant like the financial aspect. You didn't reclarify because that's probably the number one reason why I asked that question. But
1: sure. So what do you do, what, Onyx?
0: What do I do? Uh huh um well i work in sales and marketing right now
1: in sales and marketing that's cool yeah things have to be sold there's stuff out there produced it's got to be sold is that's a hard job though right like cold call things
0: um yeah it's i mean when black friday and when you're actually trying to sell stuff i mean i work in our a, you know, basically, basically a, a department store, but we're trying to sell. It uh, gets kind of strange because people want their they want their electronics and they really want it now, whether TV, phone, or or a protection plan. But um, it, everything's winding down. But I'm just kind of worried about Christmas now because it's getting close to that time where people really really kind of come back, returns and all that.
1: Right. Yeah. A- after Christmas is the worst, right? Because they're going to come. They want to return everything.
0: Right, uh, yeah. It depends. It depends. I'm expected to do that after Christmas because you know people like to get their money back after that. It's that after Christmas though which really bothers me. Not so much Christmas.
1: Right, right. Well, I wish you the best in the uh, retail season. It's kind of hard out there at times, but you know, I definitely if you are selling a good product, you can do a job that you're proud of, even though it's going to be a lot of hard work. So. That's all there is to it. Uh do you get commissions?
0: Um sometimes, yeah. But um but I just had a I I just had a question more of the immigration. It was just this is okay. my first time calling. So I'm still trying to get a feel for it. It's my first time listening, so I just oh it seemed kinda interesting. But I, you can just meet Milan, I'll just sit back. If I have another question,
1: I'll just hit one again. Sounds good. Thanks very much. Talk to you soon. That's great. I love when somebody who is a first time caller, first time listener and uh actually pushes something that I might have been unclear about I definitely don't mean to be unclear so yeah that is, that is what I mean I mean that we need to chip at this regulatory welfare state we need to pull back on that repeal as much as we can of the legislation that created this regulatory welfare state that we live in starting with Obamacare yep. and then we will not attract the wrong kind of immigrants anymore Yep. and I think that's the, the biggest problem yeah so that A huge amount of spending, but moreover, just to see the priorities that the GOP placed in their bargaining. That's even more depressing to me. Um, Dare we go on to another one? Another horrible thing that just happened this week? National Labor Relations Board. Big labor apparently got an early Christmas present from the NLRB. And if you follow my Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook, you saw that I posted the issue that they were going to be taking up. And in fact, they just actually took it up and settled it faster than I thought. And the issue, the big issue was whether the National Labor Relations Board would take it upon itself to force employers to allow the use of employer-provided email. For the unions to advertise to the employees. Now, the way that the issue was posed in articles that I saw earlier in the week was, is it okay for employees to discuss working conditions on employer-provided email? And they wanted the National Labor Relations Board to weigh in on this and, of course, force employers to allow this type of discussion. Uh, My question for you is, if it's an employer-provided email, it's the employer's property, and they're saying, look, you employees, you work for me, I pay you, you can use this email only under certain conditions. That is an exercise of the employer's property right. Now, you can say, okay, well, I think we should be able to discuss working conditions. You can say that all you want, but then you just shouldn't work at whatever company it is. Um it is the employer who should be able to choose on what basis you can use the employer-provided email system. But now, the National Labor Relations Board apparently has come down explicitly on the side of them not only be able to discuss working conditions, but in fact Report. try to...
2: Report to well, not to the government authorities and governments.
1: I mean, probably report to government authorities, but instead what they're trying to do is they're trying to stir up support among the employees to unionize employees in particular companies. Through the back door. So, and, and, and everybody knows, right, once your workforce and your company is unionized, all sorts of government interference in the relation between employers and employees takes place. This is something that employers would like to avoid, but now... They are forcing the employers, if they provide... I mean, what I would do if I was an employer is I would just stop providing email. I'd say, oh, oh, well, no more employer provided email service. Go ahead and use your Gmail and whatever else you want to communicate to each other. Of course, that's not very feasible now, is it? Because there are certain advantages to having email uh, correspondence. Or maybe you could have some other communication system that isn't technically email and get around this role. I have no idea. But imagine you are an employer... You provide an email service to your employees, partly for their benefit, but also hugely to facilitate production in your business. Excuse me, I'm still suffering a bit from a cold here. Um, But then they're going to use that employer-provided email in order to unionize right under your feet. And you have no say about it. Why? Because the National Labor Relations Board has said so deemed it their desires now, Congress may come back and try to invalidate this, and I sure hope that they do Moment. something something else and you know this is the thing the main focus of this article was not that provision that I just told you about. the main focus was that they are um compacting the time in which. The employees are going to debate whether or not to be unionized and then have a vote on it. They're, they're contracting the time by quite a bit. And I don't know exactly what the time frame is now, but the, the feeling of the free beacon that posted this article is that by making it a much shorter period of time in which they have to debate whether or not they're going to unionize before they vote, they are heavily weighing in favor of the unions and against the employer. The employer doesn't have as much opportunity to get the word out to the employees about what would happen to them if they're unionized. And in particular, I mean, there's some employees who do not want to belong to a union. Absolutely. They don't want to be forced to pay dues yep. and have their money go to political candidates that the union supports. I mean, this is all about giving the unions power. And again, what we're seeing is we are seeing, The lame duck Senate, and we're seeing Obama trying to get in as much damage as they possibly can. With the
2: help of of Republicans. Right.
1: So they're hoping that they're going to get a lot more workplaces unionized thanks to And, therefore,
2: Democrat voters.
1: Right. I mean, because they will
2: give them incentives to vote for Democrats.
1: More support for Democrat voters. That's what they're going to do.
2: Democrats are, you know, so desperate for votes. I mean, if you really think about it. That's why they have to, you know, do they have to get these five million voters and as far as they're concerned they're they're democratic voters. They have to do this, they have to do that, they have to you know, I mean that's because they're desperate. Meaning they have nothing to offer anyone in reality.
1: No, they don't, they don't. And Freedom Breeze over here in the chat room says that organized labor was fine until they jumped in bed with the government. And you know, here's the thing. There's the government should have no say about whether Workers can get together, whether they can't get together, shouldn't be able to force them to go to work. It shouldn't be able to force them to stay away from work. But this should all be left to private agreements between individuals, between individuals and employers. They, what, what's happening with all of the laws concerning organized labor is you've got the government coming in and forcing certain arrangements upon the parties. And that's the thing that we want to try to avoid, but this is the thing that the National Labor Relations Board is trying to foist on us. So, this is more of the bad news from this week. Now, the next thing that I've got on the blog over here at don'tletitgo.com is the clip of Gowdy grilling Jonathan Gruber. Did you watch the clip?
2: I saw it. I'm just, you know, I, I again, I'm not impressed with someone who yaps away and does nothing. I don't care you know if their yapping is like oh that's really good yapping.
1: Let's let's play a little bit of it just because we want to see you know, I mean is it, everyone it, got really excited about Gaudi Yes, but listen, Gaudi. Okay,
2: uh, yeah, but the the, the thing is this. The guy who walked in there. He walked away unscathed. Yes. Gruber. Yeah. So what does it matter what Gowdy said? Well, and, it's it's for TV. And, it's like a TV show, a reality show in Congress.
1: And for me I, I would like to see Gruber get something, right? But the biggest thing is Gruber is demonstrating that there's evidence of fraud, yes. although he sounded like a broken record in this. And we'll talk well, about Well, it he later. lied. He lied about his lies. He lied about his lies. Yeah. Yes. And he and he had one set lie that he told about all of his lies. We'll listen to it in a second. But more importantly, because. He's giving us evidence of fraud.
2: Yes, absolutely right. It is absolutely We fraud. were
1: defrauded. Yes. Anything that was put over on the American people by fraud should be undone. So this should be a reason that we don't have Obamacare. But I'm not hearing any plans to get rid of Obamacare because of what Gruber did it was or a any show. of the stuff that was, no, it, it was well. And that's the thing. If it was just a show, if,
2: if, if it was, it was. That's the whole point. <sighs> what have we heard after that? Uh, what's it called after they tear him a new one? What? They didn't even they didn't term a new one. At least do that, but they didn't do that.
1: Let's listen to Gowdy, what everybody's excited about. You that. said they proposed it and that passed because the American people are too stupid to understand the difference. When I said that, I was at an academic conference That's being glib
0: and, quite frankly, trying to make myself, make myself seem smart by helping others. Are you offering?
1: <laughs> he had a set speech. He says, I was at an academic yeah. conference, and frankly, I was being quite glib and trying to make myself look smart in front of others. Yeah. And he's going to say that over yes. and over. So that's
2: one thing. Sorry, just again, this is irrelevant. The fraud is the issue. And they should have brought that up again and again and again and again, made it a reality in that in that room. So this is fraud. Government fraud against 300 million Americans. That's what should have been. Instead, you called it stupid.
3: Right. So
4: what? So What?
2: I mean, honestly, so
4: what?
1: Well, and then, it's
2: about what else he said.
1: Well, and, and then and then the other thing, you know, he kept saying, well, did you say it because you said, Oh, did you apologize because you said it, or did you apologize because you meant it? And, well, the fact that <laughs> you said it all the time, right.
2: So- it's a you go, girl, Trey Gowdy, you know, that's what people were saying, like, yeah. And then it's like, after that, okay, I'm good.
1: Yeah, it's he, like, oh,
2: he, that's, and?
1: He said it, he meant it, okay, that's fine, and <laughs> that's now? That's
2: what I'm saying. It's like. Okay, so what? So what? This is not a joke here. This guy was part of a group that fra- that you know, defrauded us. They were a part of a group that systematically committed fraud. This is a crime.
0: Yeah.
2: It's a crime outside of the government, inside the government. And here he's saying, You called stupid man <laughs> You know? You're stupid. It's well, like, okay. And
1: and this is why earlier this week I just posted hearing Schmiring Absolutely I mean, right. you know, okay. After I, yeah. yeah. Now, now here here's the thing though, right? And and, and <laughs> I I've, I've said this in the past. I I've said that there is a value to having someone like Trey yeah, Gowdy. Nice. No, there, there's Make a value. Twirm, right? And and But
2: then cap it off with something concrete.
1: Well, right. And and the and the context in which I said that there was this value was when I was talking about Ted Cruz pushing for a government shutdown about Obamacare. And he's going there on the floor for 21 hours or whatever he did, making speeches about it and how there's a value to that, right? So, you know, there's a value here to Trey Gowdy calling out this contemptuous pig, right? Uh, You know, he's looking down his nose at the American people and he's stealing our money in the process, over $2 million dollars, given to him by these people who are just too stupid, yeah. right? Okay, this is good. I'm I'm glad, right? But when Ted Cruz was doing it, he was doing it while at the same time pushing every political strategy he could to actually do something about the thing yes. that he was talking about. <laughs> okay, so Trey Gowdy, I have not seen you Never. do everything that you can. No. About the things that you're complaining about If you know that this guy committed a fraud against American people And that Obamacare is the unjust result of that You need to be doing everything you can against Obamacare But I don't think you are, again, as evidenced by the omnibus bill
2: And I wrote, I said, GOP, besides making Gruber squirm in congressional hearings today What are you going to do about the fraud he helped perpetrate on America? And what did they do? This guy walked away scot free, yeah. Imagine that night. He got he had drinks, he laughed it up, he goes, My God, the Republicans are stupid. Right. I mean, he goes, You saw how stupid they were? They just kept focusing on me calling the Americans stupid. That's it. That was oh man. So he had probably, you know, a whole bottle of uh liquor.
1: There's someone over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio who I've never seen before, drops in and leaves this comment. Which is true, but completely irrelevant. Uh, California hasn't been this wet since Octomom's water broke. Okay. I guess. <laughs> you
2: know, if that person wrote something else that was good and thoughtful, and they wrote it on top, yeah, cool. But that's it. Is that is that Trey Gowdy?
1: That's Trey Gowdy coming Trigaudi. here saying yeah. distraction. <laughs> oh, squirrel, squirrel. That's <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> Uh, that movie Up, oh, that was great. That was awesome. That movie was great. Even that piece of crap, at Asner did the voice, but you don't get to see him, so you forget that it's him.
1: Gruber says selfishness is a stand-in for all his victims, the doctors. And the victims are not just the doctors, it's the patients. You know, again, that reminds me when you talk about the victims of Obamacare. There was an article that talked about the, quote, casualties of Obamacare, right? And that's the headline. And when you read the article, oh, it is about the so-called right. political casualties yeah, of Obamacare. Half yeah. of, the,
2: of the Democrats who voted for out of, out of power.
1: Yeah, half the Democrats who voted and for Obamacare that, are out of power. Those are the
2: casualties. Right, right. Not the Americans, not the ones who are suffering under the law, but those who aren't suffering under the law, but who are now out of power. I mean, but, that's a casualty. But,
1: but look at this. Because our politicians have shifted, our Republican politicians, have shifted their focus to immigration instead of keeping yeah. their eye on the ball, which is Obamacare. Yep. Yeah. Nah. Also,
2: one thing uh, for this idea that, uh, you know, Submit Romney still thinks he could run for president and actually win, even though he lost against the worst of president of all time. Of
1: course he can think this.
2: No, no he does think it. But what I'm saying is, he is out there in, in, in some way. It doesn't matter what if it's his purpose to keep Obamacare alive. He can't fight against Obamacare. He can't argue against Obamacare. He can't do anything again. He was impotent against it last time, and he'll be impotent against it again because he has Romneycare. It's on record. I mean, he worked with Gruber. This is the nature of Mitt Romney. He worked with a scumbag like Gruber. So that's it. And, and this idea that he can actually run and win, it's not going to happen. He's, he's unelectable. A Electable is unelectable.
1: I mean, here's the thing, and this goes out to Gowdy or anybody else who doesn't take this seriously enough. This is what we're up against. If you remember, it was a few weeks ago, and I'll bring this up again. I had just finished talking uh, about 1984. Actually, I just I finished I just finished rereading 1984, so I was talking about it, and in that context. I saw that article about Elizabeth Warren getting the rock star treatment among the high end donors. High end liberal donors. Did you hear about uh, Yes, so I've got I've got I've got this article. So, you know, Gowdy and everybody who thinks that they can get away with Throwing us an immigration bone here or there. Uh, throwing or us, uh,
2: tearing him a new one. Oh, tear a
1: or a new one in front of us, but don't do anything or, about it. And, right? I'm
2: sorry, but we, and, um, we fall for that. You know, the, Facebook the, was like, yeah, yeah you and go, then, girl. And
1: then the baners of the world who think that they can take Section 309 of the Intelligence Authorization Act of 2015 and just shove it down our throats and nobody's going to notice, right? You guys think you can do this. And all of us are just going to support you, continue to support you. Look what you are up against. You are up against another serious Obama plus, plus, plus. Elizabeth Warren. And, again, a few weeks ago, she's getting the rock star treatment. She's a true believer. She's getting a rock star treatment among the big donors.
2: She's a communist. true believer. And
1: now, today, December 12th, published over here at the Weekly Standard, 300, that's a big number, 300 former Obama staffers urge Elizabeth Warren to run for president. So she's got... The big donors urging her to run. She's the she's one got who can the keep. The former staffers urging no, but she's her to run. She's the one to who can maintain
2: what Obama's done and go further. That's exactly. the only one in their mind. Because in their minds, Clinton is too much of a moderate from their perspective. I mean, think about that. Hillary Clinton, power monger, socialist, communist. I mean, she's, she's a little soft. But this Elizabeth Warren is a true believer. She's, she's a sincere, true believer, sincerely evil.
1: And this is what they say: "quote We helped elect Barack Obama. Now we're calling on Elizabeth Elizabeth Warren to run in 2016." End quote. And you know, and, and listen again. This is the scenario. Sure, the Republicans just won a midterm election, but voter turnout was very low. Yeah, it'll be low turnout also.
2: What, what they're doing now Barack, is damaging them,
1: Barack Obama is setting up many new voters, perhaps. New voters who have an entitlement mentality, and Elizabeth and so his, Elizabeth Warren will run on envy. Yes, she will run on envy and on this idea of egalitarianism,
3: and, this and is she's not going an to be
1: really hard to beat. So this idea that you can, you know, score points by going out there and making Gruber look foolish and just recite his rote you know, broken record excuse for what he did over and over again and not do anything.
0: These guys and are, that
1: you're going to win? That is wrong. I, I think the only person who could beat Elizabeth Warren, it's not Trey Gowdy, it's certainly not a John Boehner or a Mitch McConnell or a Jeb Bush or Chris a Mitt, Romney or a, Mitt Romney, or a Romney or a Chris Christie. It, no could, it could potentially know what be to do Scott Walker, him. but I doubt it.
2: I doubt it. He the has, the has no charisma. Only, he has no oomph about it. The
1: him. only one who could potentially be Elizabeth Warren, is Ted Cruz, but he's got to keep his eye on the ball and, and off that immigration crap.
2: He has to. He's the only one who they're, can. They're he's serious. the only one who could, who could recognize this, her this, evil.
1: This is the and second big step of getting Elizabeth Warren, who I think, I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton.
2: Hillary Clinton can't fill up an auditorium at a college. And then they said, well, people are taking their test exams. Blah. Mm-hmm. She couldn't sell a book that she got paid millions for. So this is their new hope, this uh, ancient woman with ancient ideas. The idea that she's fresh blood, I'm sorry. I mean, she's not. Elizabeth Warren or, or Hillary Clinton.
1: Anyway, go over to theweeklystandard.com and check it all out. Join the Ready for Warren movement today, they say.
2: You know you know the, the idea about the happy warrior? You know, they say that. And it's true. Reagan came off as that. I think Cruz comes off as that as well. And Freedom Breeze writes that Ted Cruz with the principled uh, positive message. He has that about him. She, on the other hand, is a fire-breathing, envy-monger. And And it comes through. There's no joy there. She wants to see it all go down. You see her, she almost shakes, literally. I don't know know if she has that disease or something, but something's something's going on with her. Something a little off her eyes are not quite there either. Uh, Cruz can come in there. And more than the other guys, whether he will recognize her evil for what it is, and fight her hard, the other guys wouldn't do that. They'd defer to her and lose and say, well, you can't go after a woman, right? You know, that, you know, that kind of sucker move.
1: Right.
2: She's not a woman at that point. She is your opponent. She's trying to bring down the country. you got to <laughs> destroy her. And I think Cruz, out of them, probably would be willing to do that. He's a fighter. We need a fighter. We haven't had a fighter in decades.
1: We need somebody completely different, polar opposite of these people in order to fight her. Someone
2: said, is is Elizabeth Warren the the left Ted Cruz? They actually referred to her as the left Ted Cruz. No, and
1: it is exactly right.
2: And that's the point. We actually made that point. We said, no, 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 Cruz and Warren. That's the battle. Not Cruz and uh, Hillary Clinton.
1: No, not at all. Now, if it's Hillary Clinton... Then yeah, I guess sure. you can have one of these milk toast marshmallow people up against no, her. No,
2: no, no, but... no, no, no. You still got to get Cruz because you got to win. Those well, guys, no, exactly. Those guys would defer to her and they admire her. You know, like uh, Jeb Bush said, "Oh, she's a formidable opponent." Based on what, Jeb? Based on what? Formidable? How? I mean, seriously. On what ground? She has a philandering husband. He cheats on her every night, probably. She takes it. That's real, real formidable. That's real tough.
1: Now, Rob says uh, over here, Rob Avier in the chat room over at Blog Talk Radio says that Obama is anointing Warren to be his successor. Yeah, well. I, no, he
2: probably sees it because he's like, look, Obama said, this is the word that he said, he's going to stay in Washington for a while. What he's saying there is he wants to make sure Obamaism stays in Washington, that there is no attempt to uh, repeal Obamacare and repeal his whole thing. And Warren is probably the one who will probably do more than the others to maintain it and go further. That's it to make sure that he is set for the future for history books, because you know- hillary Clinton there's something between them between Clintons, and them. they'll pretend, but there's some clue between them from the race in two thousand and eight when they, when Obama kicked her ass right you know there's some hard feelings there, and with Warren, you know there's nothing personal, she's just uh, a ideologue like him who wants to destroy the country, so that that's the one. and she looks a little crazy
1: i I really hope that Cruz and other Republicans in the Senate comb through this omnibus bill, do something to switch the emphasis of it. So, for example, Ted Cruz, there's still time because apparently you put off voting on this thing. Why not have the Department of Health and Human Services be the one that is going to be funded for only three months and that you'll take up again in February? Just forget, just drop that immigration issue. I, I agree with your own book, uh, excuse me, own broke totally, that the way to beat the Democrats on an immigration issue is for the Republicans to come up with their own bill of immigration that allows even more people in than Obama does, but does it in the correct manner. Why not just beat them to the punch? Because they're chumps. And then go after Obamacare, which is the real problem. Well, That's what I think we should be doing. We've, we've got a call here. I'm going to go ahead and grab it. Hi, who's this?
3: Hey Amy, it's Robert.
1: Hey Robert, how hey, Robert. are you?
3: Okay, how about you?
1: We're doing okay. We're just—I uh, mean, if we yes. were in graves, we'd be spinning, kind of thing. <laughs> just one thing, Robert. <laughs> Lots of Robert bad news and Amy. Tonight.
2: One thing. There was a little update I saw about uh, Whiplash. Mm. I read an interview with the director, and uh, just 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 a follow-up. He goes at one point during the third week of production. Chazelle, the, the writer-director, got in an accident that totaled his car and sent him to the hospital with a possible concussion. He was back on the set the next morning. There was no room for error, he said. Now, did he put that scene at the end exactly. after that? <laughs> or yeah. because it seems like it's like, you know, you know, everything matters. It doesn't matter what happens. You just keep plugging away. So anyway, I I, I thought that was worth mentioning.
3: That's great. I'm up to yeah. six viewings, by the way.
2: Wow. Uh. I saw it a hundred
1: times.
3: <laughs> right. I saw it a hundred
2: times.
1: Yeah,
3: that's me, my goal. You're
2: black my man. <laughs> uh,
1: so so my so, man. So, Robert, you're calling to defend Trey Gowdy. I'm not being fair, right? No, no,
3: no. Actually, there's two things I wanted to talk about, what, what you covered already tonight. One is the uh, the torture for... <clears throat> For terrorists, I, I read a book a couple of years ago about um I think it was from a CIA guy and I, I, I can't remember the title but it turns out that the most effective way and I think we should do whatever whatever needs to be done, these guys you know, don't deserve anything. But no. apparently the most effective way to get information out of them was was to not actually physically torture them but to act, actually treat them well and and kind of gain their quote unquote trust and it's something i would never have thought about uh but these guys are you know the the the, the writers of the book were yeah they 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 were um
1: uh, like they psychologists were, they were descri- and stuff, yeah. yeah they
3: were describing this and and it it kind of made sense i mean we see you know the uh Show twenty four, and and that's what we want. Right. You know, we well, we graphics, definitely yeah. want that. But but basically, to get information, it's it's just uh, because those guys are so committed to death anyway. It's it's I I I tend to agree that that might not be the most effective way. Sure, uh, that, and, I mean, that always we, comes and, to my and, mind when
1: sure, and we what, and, no, and we could and we could always have that discussion about whether it's actually effective. But, if, but if, if you but if you're going to say well. It's not moral to yeah. treat these jihadists. Oh, totally moral, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, no, no. doubt. You it's go it's with what the fact And, that, and, that, and
3: that, I, don't that,
2: I don't... Sorry, 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 one thing. Uh, Khalid Sheikh Mohammed was waterboarder, and supposedly he lasted longer than anyone, and then he sang like a bird. Now, maybe if you do that waterboarder, and then you don't do that anymore, waterboarder, and you, you build up this quote-unquote relationship with them, then they're more willing to talk because they know what might come if they don't. Right. So they, That's, they, they, that, they start, mm-hmm. you know... Their defense are a little more down there. like, okay, guys, well, I don't want that. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some information. Who knows? But as mm-hmm. we say, whatever it takes. If it takes a conversation, yeah. go for it. It takes gutting them, yeah. go for it. Threatening. The, and the I don't them, believe
3: that. any Geneva Convention, uh, I don't think any of that I it, it matters at all. No, we should do whatever, like you said, whatever's necessary.
2: Whatever's necessary. Um, it's, it's, but, about, it's about protecting yeah. our, our lives, period.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so the the bad news thing that I want to call about is actually Elizabeth Warren because I really fear she will be the nominee. Yeah. Uh, because if you go with the Democrat, uh, the Democratic um, uh, formula, basically they take an unknown, and this goes back from JFK to the president. They take uh. an unknown, and who makes these vague promises. Uh, right. Uh, You know, and and doesn't have too much of a track record to dig deep, even though nowadays we could we could find a lot on somebody like her and um, and then just put them in, not at the last minute, but but with enough time so that they kind of sound new and they're younger. Also, for all these reasons, Hillary is out. I don't I don't think Hillary has. Absolutely. You know what? Even Obama
2: said. Obama said recently, she doesn't have that new car smell. Literally, he said that.
3: Oh, my God. So That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's but exactly it. Things. But if you go, JFK was that no, way. No,
2: you're, right. you're Carter was right that way. Them. You're absolutely um, right. And also, uh, Obama the was that, that, that way.
3: And Clint, Bill Clinton was that way. Yes. And, and, and the also, ones who always lose are the older ones, the John Kerry's yeah. and the, the right. Mike Dukakis And Hillary's old and haggard and, and yes. just a known thing. Even if she's a woman, I, I just don't think. But, but sadly... It just really scares me because I think Warren is is much worse. He, even as bad as Hillary is, she's predictable. But yes. Warren is even oh, to the no left of, and and I don't think uh, you know. I I think we're in bigger trouble if if as, that's. As far, uh, as far as I know, Obama needs her to keep his legacy alive. He needs
1: Warren. Well, and as yeah. far as I know, she she is a true Rawlsian egalitarian,
2: yeah. and she's sincere about yeah. right?
1: it. I mean that yeah. is about. Well, didn't he George? get the? He got the. You didn't build it yes. from her, didn't he? Yes, right. he
2: did. Yes, he did. He ripped mm-hmm. her off.
1: Yeah, Obama got it from her exactly. Exactly.
3: Yes. Yeah. They both mean it. But so that's my bad news uh, uh, item yeah. all about. Yeah. Uh, and
1: and I and I and I think I think there's these Republicans.
3: But we need
1: the Republicans have a false sense of security right now. Because they figure, oh, well, we won the midterm election. But the the winning of the midterm election didn't mean squat. Clearly nothing. Because, well, not just because they're not doing anything with it. It it didn't mean anything about the Republicans because there was such a low turnout for that election. It could Mm -hmm. be that the, the majority sitting at home didn't even turn out for that election. Could be motivated by a message of envy from an Elizabeth Warren.
2: One thing also, in terms of the Republicans, they talk about you know trying to get in on the Hispanic vote, right? They all talk about that. If they really, really, really want that, they get a guy like Ted Cruz who appeals to a lot of people, not just Republicans, who you know independents a lot. And he's a, he's, he is Hispanic. They will hide that fact from, from reality. But he's, he can get the Hispanic vote. He can have a lot more than... Uh, oh, than he State should Rambi. say,
3: he should brag no, but, that he's Hispanic. He frankly <laughs> should I mean, brag because that's and, the, the concrete-bound, <laughs> perceptual-level yes, culture we're dealing with. Yes, so it's, then, ba- yeah, it's our Hispanic chance Hispanic to say color. by <laughs> any means
2: necessary. And he says, my name is Ted Hispanic Cruz. Let's go, you know. <laughs> that's
3: right. No, just that's right. Like, Mira. Andale, andale.
2: These Republicans, you want to get in on it? Back up Ted Cruz, and if that's what you want, if that's what you really want to
3: do well, you know, I think he should there. go. As as you <laughs> often post, boss, he yeah. should go full Latino. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> well, go, you you, you always want to go full Latino. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, well, that's our like, only hope. That is definitely our only no, salvation. He'll the first but, uh, Hispanic uh, president, right? You know, I mean, go yeah, on, you know, exactly, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, because he could. They, they he, don't want to do he,
1: that though. They want to do. They want to do uh, Rubio if they're going to do that.
2: Yeah, well, he's more. Controlled yeah, I know, was, you know? I know, and, 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 then less they, and then they get crushed.
1: But, yeah, And then exactly. they get crushed. He's less That's why again.
2: You need to you need opposites, man. You need a Reagan and Carter. Yeah. You need a Warren and yeah. Cruz. You need that. Yeah. A battle to yeah. that, and, and then wipe and, Warren out.
3: Right. And, out. and regarding the you know regarding midterm elections, 2010 was as big a, a, a landslide as as we've yeah. seen, yep. and it didn't help in 2012. So no, no. I just uh, I I don't think too much of midterm. Elections, especially as you said earlier if if they're not even acting on it, you know they are so the Republicans are just so bad right now well, it's, and really then perfect. the then the other
1: thing we have no idea, we have no idea what's in this omnibus bill, yeah, we don't, and I mm-hmm. think that those I, I, vote
2: for it. don't don't you know.
1: know again i I actually think that Boehner and the Republican leadership are lacking brain cells because this idea that they're going to let all this spending. Go on as basically Obama and the Democrats want until next September, and the only concession that they're going to get is that that Department of, uh, you know, Homeland Security is going to be funded only till February. Oh, we can get them on immigration, and they're going to you know feel like they got something in the negotiations. Yeah. That is ridiculous. How much yeah. you know be- between that the NLRB rules, the um, yeah. now you know now sanctioned by Congress surveillance. Of the American public, all of these things go to strengthen the candidacy of somebody like Warren, right. and go to mm-hmm. weaken weaken the candidacy of anybody who believes in individual rights and free speech, like a Ted. Sorry, you you
2: put anyone up there weak like a Mitt Romney or someone, she will eat them alive. And again, American people, those who aren't paying attention, a lot of them vote, and they say, "Well, she's the real deal here. He's not." Yeah. He's trying to be more like yeah. her, and it's over at that point. That's why they, mm-hmm. they picked Obama against the pseudo-Republican Mitt Romney and the pseudo-Republican uh, John McCain. That's why they, they, they picked him, because he was more consistent. As Rand said, the more consistent wins out, yeah.
4: that's and right. that's what he wants. That's right. it's
2: disgusting. You need the opposite, and Ted Cruz is the only guy, the only decent guy left standing, and he's flawed, but he's less flawed than the other guys. That's really what it comes down to.
1: As uh, yeah. Trevor, over, tre, Trevor over here in the chat room at Blog Talk Radio, he says, "Let's pull a mind blower and elect the first ethical president. <laughs> Imagine that, or at least the first ethical president <laughs> in a long time." Yeah,
3: twentieth, century, twenty-first century, that's for sure. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Any, anything,
1: anything else here, uh, Robert? Before we go ahead and go no, to down, more no, of the story. I wish there was more good news. Yeah, okay, I'm well, we are it. going to get to some good news here in a couple of minutes, so hang on, and thanks for calling, Robert. We always do like hearing from you. So let's just get back over here. Again, go to my blog at DontLetItGo.com for all the stories that we've been complaining about this evening, but let's get through a few more of them. As I said, I do have a link to a story that was brought to my attention by Brian Tinker Brian Tinker was commenting on that thread on my Facebook page about the issue of low oil prices and how it could possibly be connected to falling stock market prices. And it's a story about the fact that low oil prices are part of a Saudi long game. So the idea is that the Saudis are purposefully flooding the market with supply and bringing the prices low in order to try to crowd everybody else out of the market, make them go bankrupt because they can't earn a profit, especially when they're trying to extract the oil bracket. from, yeah, Ex right. if you try to extract oil from shale and all this, it's a lot more expensive than what the Saudis are doing over there, courtesy of the West. Yeah,
2: without oil, yeah, who are the Saudis were they? Really?
1: Yeah. So I guess the fear is in the long term that we're in big trouble because the Saudis are going to succeed in putting all these other people out of business and then they're just going to jack the prices up again. It's going to screw everybody over and I think that's why the stock market, that that's part of the theory. That and other things about manipulation of money supply. So go check that thread out on Someone, my page, on Facebook, if you want to.
2: Someone's leaving it. because of the sound. Sorry.
1: Oh, there's some sound problems.
2: Yeah, yeah. again, this person said he just it, it was happening all night so he just said, like, you know, good night. Oh, no. Sucks.
1: Do you think it's us
2: I don't know. I don't know what we did. I mean, other people are listening. People called in. It's fine. But for some individuals, they were having some problems.
1: Have you been a, hear, had a hard time hearing me in the headphones? No. Head home?
2: No, no. I haven't.
1: I, I hope it's not. Enough been. people
2: had enough problems. It's just, it's really, it's a hassle. It's really annoying.
1: I'm sorry about that, people, if you are having a hard time listening here. Um, so let's let's go to another story. And this was brought to me by Rob Abiera. And he shared it over on the Don't Let It Go on her page on Facebook. It's a story about Greenpeace. Did you hear what Greenpeace did? I heard about it. Okay, so there are some, something called, it's a, you know... Greenpeace, of what? Yeah, so. Green, yeah. There's something called the Nazca Lines in Peru. And these are, you know, it's kind of a historic monument. They call it Ancient Earth Markings, the Nazca Lines, and these are lines that were made by ancient peoples, and you can see them from the sky. They make a pattern. And if you, can, if you, if you click on the Guardian story that is linked to at my blog at don'tletitgo.com, you'll actually see the picture of the lines, and you'll see what Greenpeace did. Greenpeace decided that they would go to this ancient monument site in Peru, not their property, <laughs> and they would use some sort of paint, and I guess they'd stamp their feet to try to make you know, a pattern in the dirt. And the pattern ends up, if you read it from the sky, now talk about hypocrites, right? In order to read the message, <laughs> you'd have to be up in the air um, burning fossil fuels? Right. Okay. But they say, time for a change. The future is renewable Greenpeace. So they are defacing the earth They are doing so in such a way that you can view the message only from the sky. And at the same time, they're destroying something of value to human beings, particularly those in Peru who take national pride in some sort of heritage that they've got going on with the Nazca Lines, right? So they're revealing themselves to be the complete and utter total nihilists that they are. Uh desecrating something of value to human beings. They're not about the earth. They are about desecrating value for humans. And and they're being total hypocrites about it because, again, in order to even see their message, you'd have to be up in the sky. So just go check that out. This is another reason. There's something wrong
2: with the universe.
1: There is something wrong with the universe? What is it? Oh, the Lakers won. Against? The Spurs.
2: Against the champs. Yeah, something happened. This, something shift in the universe. Something went wrong. No, something went wrong terribly. Lakers are playing horrific basketball.
1: So the the Flash is not on this week. What was <laughs> what was the weird thing that happened in the universe in the Flash that made the Flash the Flash?
2: That made the Flash the Flash. The the, the particle accelerator, like blew up or something. And then lightning okay, so hit him. Yeah, so that's happened. what happened. Okay. okay, okay.
1: I just want to make sure. we They took the basketball abilities um. away
2: from uh, the Spurs. That's what happened. Because <laughs> that's, that's the only thing I, I can't, can't explain it.
1: We still have a few more pieces of eh, news. Eh. Founding fathers spinning in their grave type news. <laughs> One is, like you, you love this woman. I know you do. You really like her. This is a, a Wall Street Journal opinion piece by Noonan, <sighs> Peggy Noonan. And the headline is, A Flawed Report's Important Lesson.
2: Peggy Noonan, by the way, endorsed Barack Obama in two thousand eight. That's all. That's all you gotta know about Peggy Noonan, the right wing Peggy Noonan who wrote for Ronald Reagan. She called him Reaganesque. This is who. This is who we're about to talk about. Right. Just, just keep it in mind.
1: Not surprising. She sucks. So, you know, they're talk She's talking about the so-called torture report, the CIA torture report, and she is, you know, again getting on the side of okay, there are problems with the report and you know, it's political and this and that. She says, but America should never again do what is asserted and outlined in the report, which enumerates various incidents of what I believe must honestly be called torture. American policy should be... She's to torturing tra- me. Hold on. She says, American policy should be to treat prisoners the way we would hope, with clear eyes, knowing it is a hope, our prisoners would be treated.
2: Um, Hold on a second. Mm-hmm. You see what happens to our prisoners? To those who were taken prisoner by Al-Qaeda and ISIS. So this idea again I I called the the you know the ROE the rules of, the rules of engagement mm-hmm. I call the rules the golden rules of engagement is what I want. They will never treat us because they're savages. They will never treat us humanely because they're savages. Right. It's not because of that we have to treat no, we have to stop them from murdering us and if, whatever it takes and that's the whole question. Whatever it takes.
1: You know what it is? I mean, this is maybe at the deepest level, and I don't know if they realize it. I think that they do not accept the principle that the initiation of force is wrong. Absolutely. That, that it's clear. Somehow. That, 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 that somehow, and, and, and not just, okay, that the principle of initiation of force is wrong to the extent that you have the right of self-defense against those who would initiate. And, and that. Use, and that it's so wrong. It's yeah. so wrong to initiate force that it gives you the right. Because, Republicans like Peggy Noonan. If you imbor- endure- endorse a Barack Obama, you're fine with government initiating force all Absolutely. over the place, and you don't think it gives you if it doesn't have right outright do
2: violence anything- and bleeding. You know, well, that's not really a force. Yeah, it is force. It is government force. Mm-hmm. It is. But this idea again, she is too good. You know what I mean she's too good to think that 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 has to happen in order to, to protect us? We have men and women who've been trained. Who've been waterboarded themselves? We waterboard our soldiers to withstand any kind of torture that they're going to do you know, to us. We waterboard them. So are we humane? Diane Feinstein has no problem with, that, with us waterboarding our soldiers. Not at all. It's waterboarding the scum of the earth who has chopped our heads off. That's what she has a problem with. This is sick, twisted well, stuff. Well,
1: and and this, I mean, I just I just knew you would love this because it is Peggy Noonan. Here is. I would say probably the worst, stupidest part of this op ed. She appeals to authority, and guess whose authority she appeals to?
2: to
0: who?
1: John McCain.
2: John McCain. <laughs> POW to POS. I will say that till the end of days.
1: <laughs> so this listen,
2: guy is such a disgrace. So,
1: so listen to this, right? She disgraced
2: yes. the military. She
1: says, uh, you know, we shouldn't judge those people who in the months and years after 9-11, they did what they thought was necessary to forestall further attacks.
2: As if the enemy is defeated. Again, This is notion out, out there. Well, okay, someone even wrote recently, well, you know, after when, it's, when the war is subsided, the war not subsided. We're still being butchered. We're still being murdered. There's not a uh, uh, monster attack like 9-11, but as long as they're alive, there can be, and there will be.
1: Well you said ISIS and Assad are colluding yes, in Syria.
2: Like the Republicans and right. Democrats are colluding against us.
1: Anyway, she says, who is more hawkish and concerned about our security than Senator John McCain?
2: What John John McCain. Taking pictures with with terrorists in Syria.
1: And she says, and who has more standing on the subject of torture, (laughs) having been tortured for over five and a half years as a prisoner of war and blah, 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 blah. Again, POW to POS. And then she says, this week on the floor of the Senate, he said the kind of practices outlined in the report whose issuance he supported do not produce actionable intelligence Mm. and, quote, actually damage our security interests as Mm. well as our reputation as a force for good in the world.
2: Meaning, we have to put our hands behind our back and let them kill us and say we are better than you. And I have this one. Now, if you want to bring it down to the ultimate logic, I have a tombstone that says we were better. Yeah, That's what John McCain, Frank and Feinstein, and this, you know what, Want to say more or less? You know what? We were better, man. We're we're better than them. As if we have to prove that we're better than hedgehoppers. As if we have to prove that we're better than men and well, men scum who gut pregnant women, cut their heads off. As if we have to prove that we're better than them. That's the. See, that's their lack of self-esteem. There, they have to. Always, every second, I'm better than them. I'm better than them. I'm better than them. I can't support doing to them what what what's being done done to them to protect us because I'm better than them. And again, they think they're too good, but they're not good enough to realize that we have to protect ourselves by any means necessary, any means necessary, whatever that takes, whatever a soldier is comfortable with doing to protect lives.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, they need they need to understand that we are in a proper war if we're fighting jihad. And then you need to understand what is it that you are entitled and should do in response to a proper war. We, you know, they, they want to kill us. So what do you do? You do whatever is necessary to eliminate the threat. And we don't need with, to know the details. And again, whatever is necessary to eliminate the threat with minimal loss of lives Absolutely on the part right. of our military and our civilians.
2: That's the, that's the point. And also, we don't need to know what they're, gonna, what they're doing in our, on our behalf. I'm, I mean that. There's a separation here. We don't need to know. Diane Feinstein put it in our faces, not out of any good reason, just to diminish us in some way and also diminish the uh, Republicans and Bush administration. Now the Republicans are in charge and also on the, on the eve of Republicans taking power. That's probably her motive also, right. to try to diminish them and their moral standing. That was our Republicans. And, uh, you know, th- th- this one guy, I forgot his name, but he was, on, um, he was on TV talking about this and saying that Barack Obama keeps killing these guys. There's no, there's no intel, there's no information, you know, mm. kills them from, from, from a distance, from right, far away. Right,
1: right.
2: And that's dangerous stuff. We can find out, and we can gut these guys some valuable information, and Barack Obama's not doing that. So that's more humane to Diane Feinstein not to find out what the enemy has planned. That's, that's, that's important. But to treat these guys humanely, that's what's important.
1: Well, and, and again, it's, it's putting the enemy and the enemy civilians above you know, our our own people. We've got a call here. We're going to go ahead and try and take. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Mike from New York. Um, Hi, Mike. Hi,
4: I was just listening to the show, and I agree 100% with you guys. I've had it with the attitudes that are out there by people that judge the situation by how they live their lives here in the U.S. and their own little reality, not understanding that it's a different planet over there, different rules. And that we should keep the media out there, let our soldiers do what's needed to be done, and then pull them out. I mean, after when they're done, not not turn it into another. What they did was uh, turn it into another Vietnam, where we have the politicians Mark. and the media come in there and start dictating rules of engagement, when you can draw down on a on a local only when he has his finger on the trigger and starts yes. raising his his weapon on you. Are you kidding me? Thing. I mean, I mean
1: ha- having, having a lawyer a lawyer stationed alongside each unit, and it's literally yeah.
4: what goes on. Yeah. I mean, a yeah, good so thing I was the Mar- there right? when that, that Marine shot that, uh, remember when the Marine shot one of the uh, yes. insurgents or whatever that was wounded? Yes. I mean, and the reporter took a picture of it and everything, and they brought that Marine up on charges? I mean, yep. if it was myself, I would have shot the reporter.
1: <laughs> <And enough>. My <laughs> soldiers
4: mean more to me than anything Samara. I, I would have put out the word, given them 15 minutes to get the women and children out of it, and then called in like six daisy cutters and flattened it and filmed it.
2: Yeah, this is war. See,
4: at the end of World War II, at the very end, the final stages is we sent up patrols, and they started advancing on German towns. The minute they came up in the outskirts, the minute they draw fire, they drew fire, we'd pull back, call in artillery and air, flatten it. Right. Now, after right. we did that a few times, the Burgermeisters understood and the minute a patrol would come anywhere in the area, Burgermeister would come out with a white flag. Please don't destroy my town. There are snipers up in that belfry, and there's a tank hiding over there.
2: That's how you end wars.
4: That's how you do it. It takes, they don't, it takes force to do it. You can't, and then people say, oh, the terrorists, the terrorists. The, the world has never seen a more determined terrorist than the Japanese soldier and the Japanese civilians in World War II. Right. Never.
2: The civilians you didn't are, that, right. if,
4: if they haven't, then what they should do is they should be watching some of the footage of Saipan, Okinawa, where you had civilians jumping, jump, jumping off the cliffs with their babies in their arms <sighs> because of the propaganda their government had told them about the American soldier, committing right. suicide with their babies rather than be captured by the Americans. Yeah. Now, when we went into, into Baghdad, did you see any Iraqi civilians jumping in the river with their babies? No. Mm, no. No
1: you had japanese afraid.
4: so yeah you had japanese uh, i mean the kamikazes you had they'd attack when they didn't have ammo and everything read up on world war II and find out no, I know. they'd have waves of these guys coming at us with sticks when they had yeah, no the ammunition little sticks Children, they'd take bayonets and they'd strap them on a bamboo and they'd come wave after wave of them coming in in sheer numbers were unbelievable just dying for their living emperor I mean, the Arabs don't have a living God. They,
1: well, I mean, they think they're, the they think they're doing did. it for the, the 72 virgins in the afterworld no. or something. Well, no, that's I an
4: abstract still, because the Japanese are more fanatics than any, any Arab I've ever seen.
2: Yeah, but oh. that, I mean, that uh, kind of faith, no, but the kind of faith that it takes to fly planes into buildings believing believe in that you're going to end up somewhere else, That uh, that right. that is power, well, and it has power. Look, all at all the Jap- look
4: at the Japanese. How many of them oh, did sure. it in World War
2: II? Oh, no doubt about it. No no they about this isn't the first they were the first suicide bombers.
4: Now now what, what did it take to shut that down? Well, Two major yeah, footprints.
2: And, and right. still and still they wanted to fight. They still right. wanted to fight. And then the generalist said, Come well, on, that's okay. So. It, it still and, stopped and it. These peop-
1: these it people understand it, right. one
4: thing. Force. Yeah.
1: Right. And and to this day we are taught in general and in military academies that well, we shouldn't have done that. Nope. Yep. So if we hadn't if no. we hadn't done that, where would we be right now? Yep.
4: Uh, no, they, they don't teach that we shouldn't have done it A lot of the public and a lot of the liberals The the progressive attitude of Well, you know, we have to be more human And more considerate and everything else Those are the ones who have never been overseas
2: Well, this is war mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing War is an ugly business I mean, business. And, uh, yeah As uh, a as, um, as general, uh, what's the name? World War Two. World War Two. MacArthur? No, no. no sorry, uh, the Civil War
1: Oh, the Civil War uh, Sherman the, the
2: hard, Yeah, Sherman You know, war is an ugly thing you got to get it over with quick Quickly, Correct. get over it. It's a disgusting <clears throat> thing. Why prolong it for decades? Why? You know, that's when you start losing your your your, your humanity. In that sense, where it started becoming the normal way of life, and that, that's not that's unnatural. War should be taken. If you initiate act of war against someone, you
4: should be ended quickly
1: so well, so Mike, you were you were less than thrilled about the torture memo being released the report it
4: shouldn't have been released i don't I don't even care if it's uh, you know what I hope it is for real, but they shouldn't have released it. Hmm, right. There are certain things when dealing with these people that the american the American public doesn't have to know the nuts right. and bolts of how the machine works on the outside to keep them solid, keep them safe. They don't have to know where every ballistic missile is, where every soldier is what our resources are they don't have to know all this because they're too opinionated and everybody wants to turn at the podium with the microphone thinking that they know it all they don't they so
3: don't. then here's the,
1: here, here's the question for you though mike did you believe that we needed to know what snowden told us about the nsa
4: that was interesting to know because that wasn't that was a different thing that wasn't about our security that was our own government in my opinion my own government turning against us right. right now instead of being us being allied with the government we're looking at a Uh, A freak show of a – there's an article out there, I think it was in the Washington Times, was it, or it was in the Post, and it was about the paranoid government. Um, The government is actually more afraid of itself and its own machine that it's created than it is about us, and that's true. We keep Hmm. thinking that they're afraid of us, where it's – they're worried about memos. They're worried about – they look into their own offices to see who's releasing what, how to cover their asses, answer things with phone calls, not – emails because then that leaves a record we don't want to leave a trail do we
1: right because then you have to pretend that you lost the emails and then there was a story this week that apparently some of some of the lowest learner emails show that Obama's Justice Department was involved was involved in the targeting of conservatives by the IRS so yeah email trails are, are pretty deadly out there
4: yeah they know it I mean they're so they're so afraid that they're watching us. Um, they're watching us because, of, uh, yeah, let's see, here it is right here. I found the article. If you're on Google, type in The New Paranoia of Government Afraid of Itself. It's in the Washington Post.
1: Hmm. And it was
4: an article from uh, August 2013. It's very de- interesting.
1: It, de- it definitely sounds kind of 1984 to me. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I mean, it... Okay, you know what? Let me see if I can get into your chat room here. If you're as long as I don't get hit with every troll in the world here looking at me.
1: No, we we got twenty five friendly people hanging out in the chat room over there right now.
4: I had to kick one out, so that's one (laughs) less. Okay, I don't want a a couple of them real. We have some award winners on BTR, you know that. And so, are,
1: are are you on BTR yourself, Mike?
4: No, I don't have a show. I visited. I visit several other shows. Well, welcome. Um, I,
1: I think you're a first-time caller here, so yeah, welcome.
4: welcome. Yeah, no, great to be here, and I happened to run into it in the minute I saw how politics was being discussed, and as you can tell, I'm very pro-military, very pro, very patriotic, and very pro-Second Amendment. So, okay, here's how, the article uh, right here.
1: Here's how, the article. How, see it? Oh, excellent. Yep. I see it. Thanks very much. Um, how are you on Immigration?
4: I don't know for a New Yorker, you know what, some people would probably say that I'm a redneck.
1: And um, because you
4: would... I mean my relatives all came from Greece and uh both sides of my family and they did it the right way through Ellis Island.
0: They mm-hmm. followed
4: the rules, the rules and they came here and they worked within society and any of these any of them that come over whether it's Italians, Irish or or anything they went through the uh, I mean, channels. Oh yeah, well uh, they were they were beat on, so to speak, I mean society these people all ended up like many of us as veterans of society. I mean they paid their dues, and do you remember the signs in the windows back in the old days? Nina, no Irish need apply, no Italian need apply there was mm-hmm. discrimination against way Everybody. Back in the eighteen hundreds yeah. there was discrimination against any any of the uh immigrants that were coming to this country as ignorant, oh my God, they're filthy but I mean, you know
1: again, you know, but given that people people should be screened to some extent when they come here. But yes. don't you think we should just open we should open immigration to any good productive person who wants to come.
4: Well, I think we should have a limit on it because I don't I don't want any more I I've, i I see what happened over in England and sharia doesn't taste good to me.
1: Well okay I think so there's flavor's, there, best, but, kept, but, that but flavor's no, best kept I agree. In another place. I agree with that. So I, I said I said good. So, definitely people who are actively working to institute Sharia, those people should not be allowed here because they are actual enemies of our, of our state. So, there's that. They're out. Um, but, I mean, to me, I, there's a lot of conservatives who are overemphasizing a threat of immigration. And I think as long as you keep out our actual enemies, Obama's not keeping out our enemies. That's a huge no, problem. Them in, he's he's, literally. In, he's inviting a bunch of Syrians and everything thousands
4: thousands of Syrians. Exactly. But,
1: Every, everything you I'll do check.
4: everything everything you do is as if you take a pebble and you drop it in a pond and the ripples. And right. every time all of these incompetent pieces of work that we have in Washington right now keep saying, unintended consequences. We didn't think it through. Unintended consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, if you open it up and say, anybody that's a wonderful person is welcome to come here, we're going to be facing a lot of unintended consequences. Because I'll tell you what, there are people in Sweden... There are people in Norway. There are people in a lot of these other countries that have no interest in coming here. But we open it up to them. Yeah, but we're not going to hit any quotas or anything. There aren't going to be any numbers coming in from those countries. Where are we going to be getting them from? <gasps> Yemen. Abu Dhabi. Oh, those are millionaires anyway, so they won't be there. Iraq. Afghanistan. Right, all the fourth
1: but but, but world there would... countries. There would be there would be heavy screening from any oh. country that is our enemy or should be entitled our enemy. So so well, it should sure, it should stop the
4: whole post nine eleven, but then open up for individual cases.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah you know, but
4: for, see a or, lot for, of the for, stuff for we don't have we don't have track records with the people that are over in these countries. A lot of these people got to remember that. I mean now these people don't even know how to use charmin still. The people <laughs> that are out in these villages, they don't have a clue. They, they, you or know that in, they don't even or use or toilet yeah. paper. You think they have records on? Whose grandfather was born when? Or they well, can go on and, ancestry.com. And it, they know, can't. And it, and we can't it, track No, them. no.
1: I understand. I understand. So, so we would we would err on the side of keeping out people who could potentially de- I, destroy our country. You know what? Yeah.
4: They've got they've got years to go before that culture, that society, and everything else comes up to speed. Yes, there are a lot of great people that are over in the Middle East right now, and they have the money, and they – I mean, the ones that have the money have the education. They can school their children in England and everything else, and they look at the rest of the great unwashed of their own countries with contempt. I have no doubt that happens. But to all, these people, the ones that are the ones that are out in the small villages in Afghanistan and everything else, we have no way to really prove who they are or what their background is. Look at the trouble our soldiers had when they captured somebody. Look yeah. what we had to do when they voted. We had to stain their hands.
1: Right. We had now, no
4: way of identifying Ahmed from Mohammed. There's
1: right. No way. Uh, here, well, here, here's the thing. So I agree with you that we need to have screening for. Muslims who would pose a danger to our country. So definitely that. But what what I like in your response is that you're focusing on that. You're actually focusing on people who pose a physical threat to our yes. well-being, versus the idea that oh maybe somebody wants to come here and compete for a job with me, right?
2: Which is what some
4: people are complaining about.
1: And, and a lot of people just complain about the sheer competition no. for jobs. And I, I I don't care about that. So no, I I, I want No, I'm not
4: looking at that. I'm, right. I'm not looking at that at all I mean, I just look at like uh, I mean, we people come in that way They compare it to World War II Did you ever see a government ID that we used to issue In 1945 and 1946 to the civilians in Germany? Did you ever see those? No Well, we did, I had a friend of mine, he wrote a book um, He wrote several books Ib Melchior, if you ever look him up IB is his first name He was the one who wrote the original uh, Lost in Space, Family Robinson
2: Oh yeah okay.
4: um, Yeah, he was a Heck of a, I think he's still alive, God bless him. But I used to visit him. He lived up, lives up in the Hollywood Hills. And he was in counterintelligence in World War II. And hmm. uh, I'm, I'm a World War II historian. And I don't, probably can tell from me keeping bringing it up. But yeah. what we did was we had IDs that we issued. We'd take, go into a town, everybody would turn out. Everybody was forced to turn out. And you had to bring paperwork with you. Your telephone bill, your electric bill, your birth certificates, your family old tax returns, everything going back, whatever you had to prove who you were,
0: mm-hmm. and then
4: your address, current address, where you were living, and then IDs were issued to them so that after the afterwards, say we stopped uh, Hans Friedman in Munich and said, wait a minute, Hans, 3 o'clock in the morning, and your ID says you, you belong in Hamburg. What are you doing here? Mm. So much for insurgency. They were afraid right. of a werewolf program, which was going to. Now, at that, we couldn't do anything about that in Iraq because there was no way of proving who anybody was. There's right. nothing, there's no record. It's, their society is still too upside down over there. But also, also we allowed them
2: to uh, still install Sharia law. We allowed them to right. choose their kind of government, unlike World War 2
4: Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, we went in and, but you, you gotta look at we also different dealing with a different culture and a different mentality. I mean, one major told me the that they went in. One major was telling me he was an engineer. They mm-hmm. went into one, one town and um, he said they dug it up. They installed pipes, put sewage systems in. Uh, they put in a water treatment plant, fresh water, pumped yeah. it in from the river. With the sewage, it cost us millions. He said yep. we worked on it. We hired their local contractors, put up the buildings. We had spare yeah. parts, the pumps and the the filtration systems, all came and out of Germany. And what did
1: they do? Did they blow it all and up? And we we
4: we educated them. We taught them how to do it, so they had engineers now, knew how to run the plant, knew how to use the chemicals and everything else. And then we left them alone for four months, five months. Then we went back to see how everything was going. Mm-hmm. The building was empty. Yep.
1: Wow. Not the local
4: imams told them that this water system was against the Quran. It yeah. was against no, their no. religion. And it was the Western devils trying to. Absolutely. And they sold it as scrap. Yeah. Yep. This is, this, How do you this, deal this
1: with is, why that? This, this is This is why the neocon program is. Entirely yeah. wrong, Mike. We are up against the end of our nice show. Long, I Mike. am so sorry I have to cut you off here, but please do tune in and call in again because I've really enjoyed speaking with you tonight. All right. Okay. Yep. Thanks, Thank Mike. you. Yep. All right. And my pleasure. We're gonna, great. Care. We're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up here. Hey everyone, go over to my blog at don'tletitgo.com because I had a few more stories that I wanted to talk about before we spoke to Mike, but I did very much enjoy speaking to him, including atheists being persecuted worldwide, which, of course, we are very much against here. on Don't let it go unheard. Uh, Shimer College, the worst school in America, which actually, actually sounds pretty darn good. Thanks to Brian Yoder for sending that story on. Uh, good news. A couple pieces of good news. The nation's largest eminent domain land grab, I believe in Indiana, was defeated by the Institute for Justice. So congratulations to them. And they've had other eminent domain victories this week. And then one more thing. There was a huge insider trading victory. Uh, there were two insider trading cases that were reversed, and Jerome Brooke pointed that out to us. So go check out those stories at DontLetItGo.com. One more thing, Bosch? Go ahead. One
2: more thing. The Federalist had a piece called Atheists Need to Understand and Embrace the Role. Atheists need to understand and embrace the role religion has played in, cre- uh, has played in creating the world we live in. I said, we do. Look, you know, look at the world. That's all. <laughs> no, but they they say, it, yes, it has played a role. Look look what role is playing today. Right. Yeah. Bringing down towers, literally. Yeah,
1: as on, if as if religion is all what Yeah. yeah. The, the enlightenment is what created the world that we have today, yes. but we can have that discussion on another day. Okay, so we've got about a minute check left. Check out my before. sale.
2: Again, sorry. Oh, yeah, check, check, out, out, Bosch's sale. check out check sale. Out, check out my Christmas sale and my blog, falsten.blogspot. Table for one and oh. propaganda.blogspot. Drawing the Line Against you Child, the first print appearance of Pigman.
1: And again, if you would like to continue the discussion of the issues that we've spoken about this evening, go to DontLetItGo.com. If you subscribe to that blog, that's really the most reliable way to follow everything that we're doing, including the upcoming announcement about the project. It's going to come pretty soon. Something, we think.
2: yeah, we got a bigger word today. So
1: we think it's coming very yes. soon. So do do subscribe, and if you want to become a show supporter, you will get the real, real inside scoop faster than anyone else. So, again, go to don'tletitgo.com. Check out all the stories that we had today. Support the show. Follow the blog, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks Take everyone. Care. Take care.